I'm Michael Brennis, and this is the Showbiz Roundup. On today's show, guitarist-composer Jeff Swanson joins me to talk about his group, Case Fitter, in advance of their first gig in umpteen months, upcoming on the Garver patio. This sextet of accomplished Chicago-based interpreters and improvisers, including saxophonist Greg Ward and drummer Greg Archery, lets loose on Jeff's original compositions that are equal parts intricate and visceral. Jeff Swanson, um, welcome to the Showbiz Roundup. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you on the show. I'd like to start with some biographical info, if that's okay. Um, oh, your, sure. Yeah. Your info says that uh, you're a 2010 graduate of Northern Illinois University, so yeah. presumably a, a disciple of Fareed Hawk to some extent. Correct, yeah. Anything else you want to share with us about your background, or are you a native of Illinois? No, I actually I didn't grow up in Illinois. Uh, just across the border there, I grew up in South Bend, Indiana. So uh, kind of the way that I ended up in Illinois, though, is through Fareed because I went to a Berkeley camp. They have this thing called, uh, I believe it's like Guitar Week or something, essentially where they get you know a bunch of kids from all over the world that come together and do this basically like week-long thing where you play in a combo and you get to take some like theory lessons and you have like basically kind of like a really reduced like college week which is really fun for me because that was my first time like getting out to like a big city and seeing all these kids my age like you know playing at a really high level so there's a guy out there named john stoll i don't know if you're familiar with the guitar player Mm-mm. amazing uh definitely versatile but his solo work is just uh, pretty cool he's got this way of playing chord voicings that it's really pianistic and like he has all this really stretchy stuff going on in the left hand um but anyway he was a friend of farid's and when i was out there i was like you know who could i maybe drive to in chicago or like somewhere that's reasonably close to where i live um so yeah during like the last two years of high school i actually was going and studying with farid uh, he was living in Evanston at the time, so I would like take my dad's cargo van and drive, you know, once maybe. I think we did maybe every like two months we would do a lesson. It'd be this awesome hang that was like three hours long, um, and I soaked up a ton of information there. And then he was like, you know, you should just let's keep it going. So I went to Northern Illinois in uh, DeKalb, uh, just a little bit to the west of Chicago, and you know, slowly but surely, a lot of people that live out there drive into the city for different jam sessions. Mm-hmm. And, concerts and stuff so just you know by way of that i started getting into the city more and meeting people and then just seemed like the logical choice because i mean it seems like everywhere you go there's a northern illinois grad you know playing on the gigs in uh in chicago area so yeah that's basically musically that's where i really kind of got got started i would say so you kind of had a a built-in network for for you or you developing one in chicago while you were still in school a little bit, yeah. There's definitely a lot of people that just move to the city. There was also a really great jam session on, well, two great jam sessions on the south side of Chicago. Um, one at the Velvet Lounge, uh, the late Fred Anderson. That was, you know, uh, the second location of his club. And then you also had uh, Vaughn Freeman's session um, at the New Apartment Lounge. So that was really cool because you know older classmen would be driving in to go to these late night jam sessions. Um, so you would just catch a ride and then. You never knew who was going to be there. You know, Roy Hargrove might be at the jam session after his gig, or, you know, Roy Haynes might come in. It's just, you know, uh, a piece of Chicago that unfortunately now both of them are gone and the clubs 
uh, don't have those weekly studies that those guys had for years. So it's, it's different now, but I feel really lucky to have gotten, you know, a taste uh, of what a lot of people in Chicago, you know, really were part of. It's funny that you mentioned the, the summer Berkeley sessions, because I was, I was just in Boston last week, and uh, I think they were wrapping up one of those summer sessions, and just the energy, um, we were staying right across the street from Berkeley, so just the energy of the kids, you know, interacting, just even in the street, like they were coming in and out of the Performance Center. It's just a, um, a very unique kind of uh, vibe and energy in yeah. the summer sessions, so I can see how that inspired you to continue well, you know, if you're living in a place like, not that Southland's like a small city, but it's definitely musically at that point in time, didn't have any jazz for me that I eventually got into. That wasn't really like a huge thing in that town. So to go outside and like hear people playing like as good as you hear it on the records that you like to listen to, it was like, you know, startling and kind of like, oh man, maybe I could like, if I practice too, like maybe I could figure this out, you know? So yeah, definitely inspiring and just, you know, also fun just meeting a bunch of different people that you would have never met otherwise. Yeah, totally. Um, let's talk a little bit about the project you're bringing to Garver um, this yeah, month. Definitely. What, what can you tell us about that? Um, we're super excited. This is, uh, it's been a long hiatus. So basically the project is called Case Fitter. This is uh, a project that I've been doing since maybe like 2016, 2017 is kind of when I got it started. It was uh, with Greg Archery. He's a the great drummer in the city of Chicago. Um, and he and I were playing in a trio with a bass player named Lane Beckstrom. And eventually, you know, after playing for a while, we were able to get a residency at um, this place called The Whistler. I don't know if you're familiar with this place in Chicago. It was a place that had music. It's a bar, great cocktail bar that had a stage and hosted a lot of uh, jazz and like people's uh, original projects, you know, really was like a place that you could try stuff out at. So we did a month residency there and recorded the first album. And kind of the concept with this band is it's music that should be able to work with that trio but you can also scale it up right so it's kind of like this growing uh band that can be different members different sizes that that sort of thing so like the first night of the uh recording residency was trio and then we did a quintet and then a sextet and then finally we did an octet for the uh, the final night recording um so that was the first record. And then for the second one, we kind of, and this is the band that's going to be coming to Garver. Uh, we settled on um, a mixture of quartet music and sextet music featuring also Greg Archery. Uh, Matt Eulery plays bass. Um, and Paul Bedell also plays keyboards. Um, and then it has Dustin Lorenzi, Wisconsin uh, native. And Greg Ward is also playing saxophone on that. So that's, that's the project for the most recent record, which is called Fathoms. And... Funny enough, this will be the first gig that we've had since the pandemic because we put out a record on like February 28th, I think. Right. So it was basically we had a tour, small tour lined up and a bunch of things. And then just like we're basically right at the beginning of everything stopping, you know. So it's been on hiatus for a while. Um, so I'm really excited to get back. We have a mixture of we'll be playing, obviously, the record stuff, but some, some new things as well. Um, and it'll just be fun to get back up to Madison. We had a really great time last time we were there. Uh, now, probably like two or three years ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. So you're bringing the full sextet? So it'll be the full sextet, yeah, which will be, I mean, I'm very excited. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen some of them. But some of them we've also collaborated, like 
Dustin uh, his band Natural Language is a band that I also play in so we just recorded a CD uh, maybe a month ago and then Paul Bedell just had a session maybe like a week and a half ago or something like that that we recorded so I've gotten to see them and we've gotten to play and hang out but I haven't seen them all in the same place and we haven't played this music since uh, 2020 so i'm gonna yeah. get it back to it it's a familiar story definitely yeah totally you know and it's it was basically like a reset button you know so uh this will be a, a nice nice welcome back i think tell me about the the name case fitter tell mm -hmm. me what that is exactly uh greg and i were having greg archery and i were having a conversation about watches for some reason um, and just the study of watches and eventually you know, an internet wormhole later, I, I discovered about just kind of like a glossary talking about the different terms that I thought was pretty interesting in the watchmaking world. And one of the things that I came across was called a case fitter, which is the guy or the person that takes all of the parts of the watch that maybe somebody else has made, but he puts them all into the case and makes sure that they fit perfectly so that it can operate, right? So I thought about like, well, that's kind of what we do as musicians. We take all the pieces of the music, you know, uh, sounds of like hitting a string or whatever, and we kind of bring them all together to make them work in real time, right? So I guess that's originally just where the idea or the concept came from for the band. And then I was like, well, you could have different things that you put inside that case, right? It could be three people, it could be five people, it could be an octet, you know. Uh, the music, if it's strong enough and arranged properly, it should work for whatever the, the organization is. I guess basically also a way to, for me to try uh, different setups with that band and just kind of experiment and keeps it fun because it's not necessarily the same every single time. So I was going to ask, um, like, did you name the band first and then write the tunes to fit that thematically? But it sounds like it was vice versa, really. I would say it's vice versa. It's more, uh, there was a period of time where we were all fairly free to kind of get together, and kind of just experiment and play a lot. I had a re rehearsal space. Uh, not too far from where Lane and I lived, and Lane also had a place that he could also play at. So uh, that trio of Greg, Lane Beckstrom, and myself, we were getting together. I was bringing in like little pieces of tunes and kind of ideas and concepts, and we were just kind of playing a lot and recording ourselves and listening back and kind of coming up with it. And then I guess really what it was is just maybe that that glossary term just kind of fit perfectly with what was already happening. And, mm -hmm. and it was like, oh, this, yeah, this makes sense with what we're kind of trying to do here. It occurred to me when I was thinking about it, like, you, you know, you're taking sort of this, for lack of a better term, like this familiar sort of Western tonality and fitting it into sort of an odd meter polyrhythmic um, framework. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot of experiments with the rhythm in this band and um, kind of exploring some things that I've picked up along the way from from other people. Uh, and yeah, I think that's that's been part of it. But also, I think uh, along with rhythms, maybe like different, just different influences in general, right? So not being afraid to, to push some more things that maybe like, as a younger person, I really enjoyed rock music. And so that's in there, but also there's like a strong love of classical music and jazz music and all sorts of other things. So this band is also really a place that I tried to just say like, don't, don't overthink it, just write, write music. And if you have the right guys playing it that are into it and supporting it, then it's going to be a positive experience. And I think that's what ended up happening for me with this. 
So how do you choose players for any given project? What criteria do you use? Oh, I don't know if there, like a, there's no rubric or anything like that. I think uh, as a freelance musician, I get to play all sorts of music with all sorts of different people. So I think it's just generally getting the chance to play with somebody and kind of getting to know them. And if there's something there, uh, you know, I... Yeah, that's a hard one to say, like, why I would pick somebody. I guess, yeah, just knowing what their skill set and what they bring and if it's a good match, you know. This band has a lot of improvisation, so if it's, like, if there's not some sort of sensibility from the player in that world, then obviously it's not it's not probably a great fit. But all these guys are, like, probably the best people, some of the best people I know at, at not only interpreting music and playing things perfectly, but also exploring and kind of being open to trying things, so... Um, I would say between those two worlds, you know, people that can deal with just playing what's written and kind of taking the concept, but then also being able to really explore it and improvise with it and be loose, you know, have fun with it. And be a good hang at the same time. I mean, that, that certainly helps, right? Like if, uh, if the hang is good, the music is usually not, not bad at least. <laughs> so on the credits to some of your records, you've got listed the, uh, the Teenage Engineering OP1, which is like a synth, like a oh, small yeah. scale synth. Okay. I mean, can you talk about how that, yeah, there it is. Can you talk about how you play that, how that fits into your, your music? On this particular record, it's, uh, I think we only really use it on one track, but on the previous album, there's actually this other keyboard that we used before I had the OP1. Um, so it's mainly, I've been using it for like sampling different things. So on the first record, it had a lot of stuff that I used, like a MIDI keyboard connected to a laptop, which I still do. You can still do that with the OP1. But um, there's a track called Farvel on Fathoms that has kind of a, this ostinato that repeats um, that's from the OP1. And that's mainly where we've used it on this last record was that particular one. And I guess for me, I really enjoy it because it's a mobile recording studio. Hmm. So it's a synthesizer on one side, like keyboard sounds, and then it's a drum machine side on another. And then you can record all those into this little like four channel uh, tape machine, a digital tape machine, right? So um, for me, it's like a little idea pad in a lot of ways. And then eventually like I found like, oh, this is a pretty cool little melody thing that maybe we could use in Case Fitter to, to orchestrate like a full song. So I've been exploring that and I've also, uh, this is kind of a weird place that I'm going with it now, but during the pandemic, I had a movie night with some friends where we kind of basically did this and then share screen. You can like watch a movie and all see it at the same time. But some sometimes I would sample the movies with the OP1. There was just like a little cable that I just plugged in to basically just get a direct feed. So now I have all these like very uh, obscure, random little pieces of sound. So that's the next project that uh probably i don't know if it'll be case bitter i've also been wanting to do kind of my own just little like ambient uh sound collage record for a long time so it may be something more in that world we'll see where it ends up but yeah i'm sitting on a little treasure trove of uh different movie quotes and you know so you can use it for live sampling that's what so, you're describing yeah basically it's it's got a sampler built into it that could be you know an audio clip but it could also be a drum sound it could be literally any any waveform that's been recorded and thrown into the into the little keyboard it's nice because it hooks up into laptops so if you're like traveling you know it's about the size of like a wireless keyboard for your computer anyway so you can fit in most places and i think that's really what 
honestly, it was a, a big draw for me. It was like, oh, now I don't have to take this large keyboard. I can just take this tiny thing that already fits in another bag that I'm taking, you know. Um, and it's also standalone, which is, I think, safer than trying to take my laptop, you know. Uh, at some point, I'm sure the laptop's going to hit the floor. And yeah. <laughs> that's that's a bigger problem, I would say, than just the keyboard. So just kind of safety net of having something standalone is a, a, a helpful thing. But yeah, uh, hopefully we'll use it some more. I'm probably going to bring it to, to Madison here in a few weeks. So we'll see if, if there's another couple tunes that it makes it onto this time. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, you're also involved in a project called Whirlpool with Caroline Davis, who is a Bluestem favorite. She's been here several times and was a featured artist in one of the Bluestem jazz festivals. Um, what can you tell us about that project? That project originally got started now, man, probably like 2012-ish. Uh, they had basically like a series where you would play, I can't remember, it was like House Party Starting Series that maybe she and Dave Miller and a few other people had started. It was basically like a house concert series. And she was supposed to put it together a band for that to play kind of like a Paul Motion Trio inspired music. So that comes straight out of that. I think we maybe even played like half of the music for that was just those tunes from, from a couple of those records. Mm -hmm. um, and she got the great Charles Rumbach, uh to play drums in that band. And so that project put out a record eventually of um, original music. We kind of took that trio idea of, you know, bassless, just guitar, saxophone, and drums, and kind of all wrote some music that fit in that, that little format. Um, and then the second record was really cool and really a treat because we got to go out to Colorado um, to record and do a quartet record with the great Ron Miles. Um, who I am a big fan of. And, you know, obviously like Bill Frizzell is a big hero of mine. So um, getting to soak up a little bit of that, that energy was a treat for me. And just seeing him work and just a true, uh, uh, what is it, a consummate professional mm -hmm. uh, on all levels for sure. Yeah. Amazing guy. So that, that project, uh, at this point, we haven't done anything in a long time. We'll see if it ever comes back. But we put out that record in 20 maybe 16, around there, um, which was right around the time that she moved to New York. So since that move, we haven't been doing, our, you know, everybody's been doing other projects. Uh, she has a really cool thing with Rob Clearfield. Um, I don't know if they were part of that Blue Stem Fest at all, but they have like a co-leading band that they do that's really nice. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of that. Yeah, I can't remember the, the project name. And then Charles has a new record I just saw coming out in November of his music that also has Ron Miles and a bunch of other great people on it. So yeah, everybody's kind of just, there's, there's time to do it all, I suppose. So who knows, maybe one day we'll get back to some, some whirlpool things, but that was a pretty cool formative experience for me as like a young person just moving to town and uh, being put in the position of being the only, you know, rhythm section, chordal, bass, melodic instrument, um, and I think that definitely probably influenced some of my writing. Um, coming from like a slightly classical guitar background too, I feel like that was a nice vehicle to maybe not shy away from letting some of that influence the writing too. Um, not just playing with a guitar pick and doing like the normal, you know, electric guitar thing, but kind of mixing those worlds is really something that I enjoy. And I feel like it finds its way into my music more and more, um, especially nowadays, you know, because 
it's like I have the time to set up all the guitars and just have them around. So it's, it's fun to be able to do that. Great. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the oh, show today. Absolutely. Um, we're really looking forward to your show here in Madison. And uh, anything else you want to plug before we wrap up? Well, I hope everybody that's listening to this or watching, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but uh, I hope they make it out to the Garver on uh, September 3rd there. We'll be there with uh, the whole band playing uh, music from Fathoms um, and probably some new things. So hopefully you can be there to catch a few new surprises. Um, and yeah, just if you want to stay up on what I'm doing, I'm very bad at promotion, but I try my best to keep things on jeffswansonmusic.com and uh, at J Swan songs. If you are on like social medias, those are most of my accounts are under that one. So yeah, you can follow there. I'm usually either playing my music or somebody else's music and try to keep people informed. Well, great. I think it's going to be a great show with the sextet and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. And I think we'll get a good crowd. Yeah. So, hey, thanks again. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks here. That's it for another episode of the Showbiz Roundup. If you'd like more information about this show or any of the past or future shows presented by Bluestem Jazz, you can head over to bluestemjazz.org. And you can follow my doings or be in touch via rattletickbuzz.com. Catch you later. <laughs>